0: Today we're talking about the perfect program for weight training, the one that's gonna get you the body that you dreamed about, um, the perfect conditioning program for strength, for muscular conditioning, to get that fantastic physique, awesome health. Is there such a thing as a universal program that anyone can follow? And you and I both know the answer is absolutely not. Straight up, there's so many intertwined factors that go into one's program that if a few key elements were missing, you'd fall short of your goal for a better body. So what factors are we talking about? Number one, proper workout structure. You gotta have a proper workout structure to get the results that you want. Number two, adequate calories and adequate micronutrients to feed your body. Number three, adequate protein to achieve hypertrophy. Number four, actually providing an effective stimulus to elicit the changes you wanna see while you're in the gym. And then number five, rest and recovery uh, techniques. So think of it this way. If you had four of the five, so you had the perfect workout structure, you had the calories you needed to grow, you had enough protein, and you just killed it in the gym, but you never took a day off to allow your body to repair itself, you wouldn't see growth, period. Or let's say you had the proper recovery and you had the perfect amount of protein and calories, And the workout structure was on, but you went to the gym and you just piddled around and you had subpar lifts. You didn't go till failure. uh, None of that stuff. Would you see progress? Again, absolutely not. Go into it further and you get the point here. Let's say you were just killing into the gym. You were resting your body. You ate the proper amount of calories and the workout structure was amazing, but you had 60 grams of protein daily. Guess what? Your body's going to break down. Okay, this is crazy so you've got to get all five right right let's say you had a situation where you killed it in the gym you had proper rest and recovery you got the exact amount of protein and calories and some to grow and the perfect micronutrients but your workout structure was such that you only trained upper body let's say once a week would you grow once again probably not there's a chance that you could but probably not Decades ago, I learned from the father of periodization, Um, he was a theory and methodology of training master, and that's Tudor Bompa, T-U-D-O-R, and his last name, Bompa, B-O-M-P-A. Look him up. I invested a year in his course uh, in university, and I remember challenging this guy every step of the way. We talked about developing programs. Um, He hated my guts because I had a question. I always made sure that I asked him the tough questions like, oh, not Tom again. There's another question from this guy. Um, But I got to tell you, I needed to ask him the questions because I needed answers as to what worked. This guy was the expert. He worked with Olympic athletes. He knew his stuff. I actually thought I knew more than him which was so naive of me and that's what happens when you're like 23 years old you think you know everything and what I do is I would uh, work at a place called the Hillcrest Community Center they had a weight training facility uh, Bathurst and St. Clair if you know Toronto at all I would take in anybody who would come into the gym and say hey you you need a program come here and I'd use these people as guinea pigs I'd take tutors Uh, theories and uh, methodologies and I'd apply them to see if they actually worked and I would do the same thing as the head trainer at York University state-of-the-art weight room same thing like before I even started training people before I even got out of university I was using people as well as myself as a guinea pig I remember uh, volunteering my body in numerous exercise physiology lab experiments I would uh, tell our teacher Dr. Caffarelli hey listen get me into the lab I want to be a part of this lab. And he saw the keenness. I was one of those students who was going to get every single penny of my uh, tuition, um, get something out of it. I studied Fred Hadfield at the time, was a top power lifter. Charles Poliquin's work, I studied his stuff. Arthur Jones, the father of Nautilus equipment. Arnold's stuff. Lee Haney was a Olympic champion. I'd studied Lee Haney. And of course, Dorian Yates came out with a a brainy approach to training. So I was looking for answers from Dorian. I even wrote him a letter to which he wrote back about high intensity training. Um, I took my degree to the fullest. And the reason why I bring this up is a quarter of the century later, I think I've forgotten more than most people ever learn and I feel like I know nothing. I'm still a student of the science. Why do I tell you this? I'm hoping that I can save you some time. Okay, if I could go back in time, I was 16 years old listening to um, Black Sabbath's Iron Man, December 3rd, 1986, my first workout. That was the first day I turned 16. And uh, I already had my weightlifting set up, had a poster of Lex Luger on my wall because I used to love wrestling. And I said, That's it, I'm going to get big. My first set was bicep curls. And I remember making progress because when you've gone from nothing to something and you do it somewhat properly, you make gains. But over the next couple of years, I realized that progress started stagnating, and I wish I knew back then what I know now. I wish I had a conversation back then with somebody who was in the know. So that's the point of this podcast. Maybe I'll save you time. Maybe I'll give you some key distinctions. So take some notes and understand what I'm trying to teach you because there's about five principles. Principle number one, proper workout structure. In my uh, area of expertise in, in training well over 500 people and you know all those guinea pigs and myself for like 30, I don't know how many years, 35 years, you need to eat, work each body part uh, that you have an intention to build at least two times per week either directly or indirectly. Now there's some people who train their body parts three times a week and there's some merit to it. You'd have to lower down the volume, you'd maybe even have to lower down the intensity, but at least two times per week. So when you properly train chest for example, you create an environment where you break down your muscle fibers creating these tiny micro tears. Your body responds to the stimulus by repairing itself so the next time it's exposed to one of your training onslaughts you're better, better able to handle the training performing better than the previous time. However, What happens is if you leave your training too long, so let's say you train on a Monday and you leave your training till Sunday, later on that week, your body's gonna go back to its previous state. Okay, so here's a key point. You must provide a stimulus again prior to it returning back to its original state. Not too soon, not too late. How intense that stimulus is, how many sets are required, how much volume, is gonna vary based on the individual. There's no cookie cutter approach. So what does not change though is the need for consistent muscle stimulation to meet the windows necessary for hypertrophy to occur. So structuring your training to maximize muscular conditioning is vital and so many people get this wrong. Um, You know, too much training is a great principle in economics. I mean, making more money and that kind of stuff, but that doesn't apply for weight training. Okay, so structuring your training, that's principle number one. Principle number two, proper nutrients and calories. If you're lacking the proper calories and nutrients, in essence, you know, food to fuel, fuel growth, you're dead in the water results-wise. It's that simple. Too often I see people training for a contest and they go on these low-calorie diets with the intent to get shredded. And what they do is they completely destroy their body, not only because of the low calorie diet, the deficit, they're also doing excess cardio um, and you know they looked far better six weeks out before the show than that one week before the competition because what they did was they emaciated themselves. Okay, so you must feed your body to shape them. You want nice full muscle body pushing the skin out so you achieve that tight toned appearance. and. Based on that, you need to get the rec- the calories you require. And there's a formula for that. Too little, you break down your body, leading to atrophy, leading to injury. Too many calories, you know, people call it a dirty gain, whatever, that's bullshit. You get pudgy and you gain fat. You might think it's muscle, but then when you get cut again, you do your, as people do these fucking mini cuts, I don't understand it, they do their cutting phase, they realize that their body's back to square one. It doesn't work that way. Okay, And sometimes if you have too few calories, too few nutrients, your body's going to rebel at some point. It's going to revolt, and you're just going to fuck up. Got a really good quote here from Arnold Schwarzenegger. And he says, I do the same exercises I did 50 years ago, and they still work. I eat the same food I ate 50 years ago, and it still works. Okay, timeless principles. And uh, getting the calories and the nutrients is in that's a timeless principle (coughs) principle number three adequate protein it's the basic building block of your body it's responsible for cellular repair as well as protein synthesis miss the mark on protein and you will fail to build now understand if you have a lot of calories um those carbs and extra calories will have a protein sparing effect and you can get away with less protein. However, if you're on a uh, a deficit calorie wise, you need to get your protein to where it needs to be. So how much protein do you need? Depends on a bunch of factors. How old you are, how hard you train, how frequently do you train, what's your body composition, what are your goals, and what's your macronutrient profile. So somebody who's a little bit older, I found that they actually need a little more protein. I find that obviously the harder you train, the more protein you're going to need. The more frequently you train, the more calories and the more protein you need. Your body composition, there's certain people who don't need tons of protein based on their frame. Depends on your goal. Do you want to build muscle? Do you want to stay the same? Do you want to lean out? All right, that's a factor you got to look at. So, so many different factors and uh, the truth is protein uh, needs are going to vary depending on the individual. Again, that's the reason why cookie cutter diets don't work. Under the eye of a trained professional, they can help you to determine your needs and what I find is a lot of coaches, what they do is they overshoot the protein totals. So they they say you need 1.5 grams per pound of body weight which is fucking ridiculous. If you're eating 250 or 300 grams of protein daily, you probably are getting too much. all right? So it's a hidden and miss and there's a lot of consequences with this hidden miss approach. I mean you don't want to gain excess body weight for no reason. I mean you just it's not healthy for you. So as a general rule, I like to have a person eat between 0.8, to 1.5 which is actually still pretty high grams of protein times their lean muscle mass again depending on their own unique goals and circumstances so a person who wants to gain a lot of muscle who is a bigger dude um, that's the 1.5 grams of protein for their lean muscle mass but what ends up happening is people overshoot their lean muscle mass they don't know what their lean muscle mass is What you got to do is you got to do the bod pod or body fat calipers and find out exactly what you need. Okay? And when you find out what you need, you actually realize that you don't need as much protein as you think. Principle number four or five, you got to stimulate your muscles. You're not going to get a suntan in November sun at 4pm in the afternoon in Toronto. The stimulus is too weak to create the required pigmentation of your skin. Now understand tanning at 12 noon on an extremely hot day here in Costa Rica, uh, in in April, when it's super hot, it's gonna give you the exact opposite effect. You're gonna burn. You're gonna be in pain for weeks. So if you wanna condition your body, you gotta provide that proper stimulus, all right? So generally, what's the most important rep in a set of bicep curls? Is it rep number one? Rep number two? Is it rep number eight? Is it rep number 10? The answer, The best answer is probably um, the 11th or 12th. The point is you want to go above and beyond what your body can normally handle. That's where the adaptation phase occurs. You break down your body, you let it rest, you feed it, and then it grows. So you must go above and beyond what your body can normally handle stimulus-wise in order for adaptation to occur. Critical point, how many sets and reps depends on the individual once again. Certain muscle fibers respond better to higher reps. I find that shoulders, higher reps. Stuff like triceps, higher reps. And the reason why is if you don't, you're going to get a lot of pain on your elbows. Chest, lower reps. Biceps, lower reps. Calves, higher reps. Um, Hamstrings, lower reps. Thighs, higher reps. Back, for the most part, mid range, sometimes lower reps. I mean, the best way to do it is you take a dude and you say, listen, we're going to do a muscle biopsy on you. We stick a needle in you. We get a sampling of your tissue. We put it underneath a a microscope, and we find out that you've got a lot of a certain muscle uh, fiber. And what it's going to do is it's conducive to lifting um, heavier weights, lower reps. You only know that through the muscle biopsy. I remember this one guy I trained. His name was Jay, and Jay did not respond well to Um, heavier weights, lower reps. I already knew that. (coughs) So instead of doing six to eight on the chest, we had him doing, um, 10 to 12. And we found that not until we got to 16 to 18 reps because of his fiber types in his chest, he didn't see growth. Now you tell a general, you know, person who thinks they know something about weight training. No, that doesn't work. You got to give him six to eight reps, but you don't know his muscle fiber type alright Jay responded better to higher reps because that's how his body was he wasn't a lion he was a gazelle he was built to run so if you wanted to get some more muscle on this guy you had to go with a higher rep range it's crazy all right Um, obviously most people are not willing to do a muscle biopsy so what you do is you mean you got to have a trained eye all right another key point with stimulating the muscle is time under tension. You've probably heard this before. You must put your muscles through continuous tension for a certain duration of time to achieve the intended effect. Um, I'll be straight up with you, I love the timer for doing uh, my sets. So if I pick the heaviest weight I can handle with excellent form, full range of motion, and it's super tough for about 40 seconds, Man, oh man, does that ever build certain parts of my body. 50 seconds to 60 seconds is amazing for my legs. 30 seconds is not enough. Biceps, 30 seconds is probably more than enough. All right, so again, you you treat it like a bit of a, a science. I don't like to lock out. I like to keep that continuous tension on the muscles. I like to squeeze that eccentric part of the motion when I'm bringing the weight down for the chest, for example. I like to squeeze, controlled. So many people just drop the weight. You're missing out on a key component of the lift. Continuous tension throughout the lift. I can't stress that enough. So over time, your muscles need to continually be challenged with progressively higher weights, strategically increasing weight load and or reps to further create adaptations to the body. Once again, in line with stimulating muscles continually over time. Now that's a general principle. There's gonna be times where you need to back off, right? And another question I get is, well, you know, how often should I increase the weight or by how much? Um, I'm gonna tell you right now, what I normally do is if I get 16 reps on an exercise until I get 17 or 18, I won't change the weight, all right? And then I'll add two and a half pounds per side. Just small incremental improvements. If I added 10 on each side, it's just too big of an adaptation. and I'd get frustrated. I hate those sticking points. Slow and steady and patience always wins the race. Principle number five, got to rest your body. Your body does not grow in the gym. In fact, it's the opposite. You're breaking it down. In order for the muscles to grow, key point here, you need to provide adequate rest so your body repairs itself sufficiently before the next workout onslaught. I remember back in university where my buddy Rob and I would train two hours a day Monday through uh, Saturday. We took Sundays off and the only reason why was the gym was closed on Sunday back in the day (coughs) when things were closed on Sundays. And we would go hard we would train super hard the sessions were were very long we would lift heavy weights throughout and you notice that over time we weren't making any progress and then we'd have this self-imposed because we trained at York University at their track and field center we'd have this self-imposed sorry university imposed break of two weeks because the gym was closed the university was closed and we'd come back guess what would happen We'd be stronger after the two weeks off, and we didn't understand it. And then reading week would occur. In February, we'd have a week off, university imposed. We wouldn't train. And guess what happened again? After training six days a week and making no progress, we'd take a week off. And all of a sudden, we came back stronger, and we're looking at each other going, wait a second here. This makes sense. And of course, we talked to Dr. Caffarelli and Tudor Bapa and started grilling them with questions. I'm like, you dummies. Didn't you understand that? You know, Second year, third year, you learn your lesson. But I got to tell you, more importantly than that is you got to get your sleep. If you have any chance of getting stronger, fitter, feeling better, you need to get decent quality sleep. I don't know if you remember when you were 17 years old, 18 years old, even 16, you were sleeping all the time. And that's when I made my biggest growth. I would sleep 8-10 hours and then what would happen is I'd come home from school and take a nap, a little bit of a siesta for 45 minutes because I needed it, all right? So many times now these these youngins mess up their situation because they're up till 1 o'clock in the morning watching TikTok videos when you should be in bed sleeping. I mean, if you understood the growth you could get from sleeping, you wouldn't be on freaking TikTok, all right? Not to knock TikTok, I think it's fantastic, but not if it's... Uh, Creating declines in the gym uh, the other thing too is you need to spend more time outside of the gym we uh, ended up uh, conversing with uh, corresponding with Dorian Yates through mail I sent him a letter to uh, Temple Gym and like I said he got back to me and this was his advice it was handwritten it was pen written to me and he said listen the advice you get in magazines it's there to so that you can overtrain so you can buy their supplements all right the bottom line is high intensity works and you want to have plenty of rest in between your workouts you want to minimize your sets if you want to make progress that's the way to do it now at that time we were studying mike menser's work as well and we cut our training from six days a week two hours a day to four days a week like 30 minutes a day And then we started making friggin' unbelievable changes. So my bench went from 315 for one rep to 315 for 10 reps. Right? It was was nuts. My shoulder press went from about 185 to 275, full shoulder press all the way up, all the way down for five reps. Our squats, we were squatting like 475 for five or six. Prior to that, it was 405, four plates right that's what was happening when we were getting more rest and we're like hey, why didn't we do this earlier all right so bottom line is you got to get your sleep in and then the other thing is the next frontier is using recovery techniques okay rolling out your body stretching out going for massages using epsom salts going into the hot tub lately my big thing is uh, we've got a theragun for massage therapy breaking down the tissue The other thing is uh, rapid reboot, the compression therapy where, you know, after a basketball game, you see some of these NBA guys using the compression boots and they feel amazing afterwards because it gets the circulation going back in the legs. I mean, I do that and I enhance my recovery like threefold where if I train legs I don't have to wait three or four more days I can train them two days later and they're 100 percent because I'm using this technique of these compression uh, boots I've got compression sleeves for my arms I've got a compression unit for my hips you can just load it up it's like 70 minutes is it worth the price? you're I mean, like three thousand five hundred four thousand dollar price tag If you've got the money friggin buy it I'm telling you if not get a roller massage yourself out Go for those appointments, take those hot, cold showers, use Epsom salts, roll out your body, stretch, because I'll tell you right now, if you can recuperate faster, I mean, that's what steroids apparently does. It helps you to recuperate faster so you can hit it a lot harder in the gym. I don't do that shit, I'm hoping you don't do that shit, so you gotta start training intelligently and use the next frontier, these recovery techniques, all right? And I'll tell you right now, you have to hit all of these principles precisely in order to adapt and get bigger and better. Now, muscle gain is very hard as you get older, all right? Even a three to four pound muscle gain over over the course of the year is phenomenal, and it makes a dramatic difference to your physique. You know, when you first start out, you're going to make those massive gains, 10, 12 pounds. I remember my first year, from 16 to 17, I went from 155 to 175 in one year. 20 pound gain. Um, From 17 to 18, I went from 175 to 190. And then from 19 to 20, 190 to 200. And then from there, it was, you know, 205 after a year. Then it was 207, 208 the following year. Um, And then I started making some gains where I got up to about 212, 213, but it was slow progress and you wished it was faster. Now understand something, guys. I was in in the peak of my testosterone, actually before my peak, hitting this weight at the age of 22, 23 and expecting 10 pound gains. And I think the hardest part was, um, and it's been a bone of contention for the longest time is you'd see a guy come in and previously he could bench two plates 225 now all of a sudden he's pumping 315 for 10 reps dude's on steroids he looks great in his clothes you know you take off your shirt and you see the oily skin and the zits and it's like you're fucking disgusting right and you know the guy's on steroids skin looks awful looks like a lizard not worth it but uh, nonetheless it it was a bone of contention because i worked so hard for those gains and mr johnny come lately gets these quick results and you just get bitter right Um, that was my problem because bottom line is I will outperform that guy over time. So here I am, you know, 50 and I think I look great. I look at some of these guys like Ronnie Coleman, who it just looks horrible. He can't even walk. I won the race. Okay. Yeah. He won the Olympias and he's, he's mega successful, but at what cost? And I think you got to ask yourself when you're doing that stuff, follow the principles that I described. All right. Follow the five principles and get some help, get some coaching. So you don't waste time wasting one or two times especially when you're in your peak uh, of testosterone production in your body you don't want to waste those valuable years like i said i wish i had somebody when i was first starting out it would have saved me years and would have probably given me an extra 10 12 pounds of muscle on my body now the same goes for a person who's 40 who cannot afford to lose muscle mass okay muscle mass is, a, is at a premium You don't want to fuck up because you got this little bit of a belly a little bit of a beer belly you want to lose it and you lose the weight and you lose your muscle in the process of losing the weight that's a disaster you don't want that either so you want to circumvent that by getting a coach call me I'll tell you I will shortcut the process dramatically you'll do things efficiently you'll feel better you'll look better and you're gonna say this wasn't that difficult that's what you want all right so uh, do me a favor, listen to this podcast again, take some notes on the five principles because I know I went really fast. It's been a full like 26, 27 minutes. This is one of those podcasts you want to refer to time and time again and ask questions. Coach CoachTomKiat at gmail.com. So it's all one word, Coach K i a t at gmail.com. I'm more than happy to answer any of your questions. If you were given an arena to completely transform your body, your focus, your finances, and your family, would you take me up on it? Join the league, leagueofelite.com. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Subscribe, share with your friends, and be sure to check out the Ultimate Men's Playbook available now at amazon.com.